Hey, welcome again to the Thursday Night Bible Study. My name is Clarence Haynes, and on behalf of my wife and everyone here at the Bible Study Club, we just want to thank you for joining us and tuning in on this Thursday evening. Uh, here in the Bible Study Club, we really have three objectives. The first one is to get you to open God's Word. The second one is to get you to discover the truth that's in it. And thirdly, we want you to apply it because that's where the power is. It's in applying God's Word. If you are joining us and you haven't done so yet, please make sure you go ahead and uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Or if you're watching on Facebook, then make sure you like and follow our page, The Bible Study Club. We are currently going through where we've completed halfway through our series called The Obedience Series. And the reason why this series is so important is because obedience is hands down. It is the most critical element to you developing and moving forward in your relationship with God. And that's why if, if you've got to get this deep in your heart. Over the last two parts of this series, we looked at, first of all, the necessity of obedience. And then we looked at the struggle of obedience. And tonight we are going to turn our attention, attention to the blessing of obedience. Now, just a couple of quick things before we jump in again, please. Uh, I, um, even right before we went on air, we just getting letters and emails and comments and prayer requests. Keep sending those in. Uh, I try to respond to every single one as often as I possibly can. So please make sure you keep sending those in. Send those to hello at thebiblestudyclub.com. I personally take the time to read every single one, and we absolutely try to get back to everybody as quickly and as uh, efficiently as we possibly can. Um, let me see. I think I covered everything here. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. So. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray, and then we're going to jump right into our uh, session for tonight. Father, I thank you for your presence. I thank you for the truth of your word. God, I pray, Lord, that your word would find good soil tonight, and that it would reap a harvest of 30, 60, and 100-fold, Father, in the lives of your people as they move forward to obey you. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. In our session this week, we are now turning our attention. Uh, like I said before, we started with the necessity of obedience. We looked at the struggle. Tonight, we are going to focus in on the blessing of obedience. And just in case you've, you've forgotten our definition of obedience, I just want to remind you, because uh, this has been consistent throughout this whole series, obedience is a demonstration by your actions of what you profess with your mouth and what you truly believe in your heart, all right? And we also said this is a spotlight series where we're turning the spotlight in on, on ourselves and asking God to reveal some things to us, okay? Now, we want to talk about tonight, uh, the topic is the blessing of obedience. And I want to go over something with you just to kind of get your the wheels of your mind spinning um you know one of the things that's important to do when you approach scripture don't just come with your spirit or, or your or your heart make sure you bring your mind along with you okay so i want to talk a little bit to your heart but also to your mind as well 
Here's the truth about obedience. Here's, here's the first thing I want you to think about. Your obedience reveals how much you love God. Um, Jesus said, if you love me, you will do what? You will obey my command. So your obedience reveals how much you love God. In other words, don't just say you love God. Show me you love God. And the way you obey will, will define that. Also, your obedience reveals how much you trust God's word and how much you believe his promises. You see, it's easy to say, God, I trust you. It's easy to say, God, I believe you. It's even easy to say, God, I love you. However, the way you obey will demonstrate, right? That's why obedience is a demonstration by your actions of what you profess with your mouth and what you truly believe in your heart. It will demonstrate how much you actually love God, how much you trust his word, and how much you believe his promises. In other words, obedience is tied or connected to your love. It's connected to your trust, and it's connected to your faith. And because obedience is connected to these things, then the truth of the matter is your obedience is connected to your blessing. There is no blessing from God unless you live a life that is filled with obedience. Now, I want to take you back to one of the scriptures we looked at, I believe it was in our first session, and it was Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. Let me pull it up here and read this to you. Um, Joshua 1, 8, and I just want to read it word for word. Uh, here we go, Joshua 1, chapter 8. I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation, and it says, Study this book of instruction continually, Meditate it on, in, on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do, right? So remember, we talked about it. it's studying, it's continually meditating, but then when you obey, that is when the blessing comes. So the blessing is not in the studying. The blessing is not even in the meditating. The blessing comes with obedience. However, the reason why the study and the meditating is important is because you need to know exactly what you have to obey. So it's study plus meditate plus obey equals blessing. So there is no blessing from God without you living an obedient life. That's why obedience is so critical to your walk with God. That's why it will determine how far you go, how high you go, and all that you will become in God is tied and connected to your obedience. Now, when we're looking at the blessing of obedience, there are three things we're going to focus on tonight. We're going to focus on the priority of obedience. In other words, who should we obey? We'll talk about the price of obedience, and then we'll talk about the prize of obedience. So that's our kind of our structure. So I want you to hang on with me here throughout this whole session tonight. Um, because I think when we when we tie it all together, it will make sense to you and it will be a blessing to you. So let's answer the first thing, the priority of obedience. And I have a question for you. Who should you obey? Right? Who do we obey? If if God wants us to obey, who should you obey? What's the priority? What's the order of obedience, if you will? Well, first and foremost, we should know this, that before anybody else, we should obey God. That's the primary responsibility or person that we need to obey. 
if you look at Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, it says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength, right? And we said before, if you love God, if you do that, if you love God, you're going to obey him. So before you obey anybody else, you need to obey God. Your love, as we said before, and your obedience are knitted together. They're tied together, okay? Your obedience to God comes or is primary before your obedience to everyone else. Now, I want to I'm gonna dive into this a little bit, and I might say something that um, might be a little edgy tonight, but that's okay. I don't mind being a little bit edgy every now and then. Um, after your primary obedience, which is your obedience to God, number one, secondary obedience becomes to uh, parents and leaders, both worldly leaders and spiritual leaders, that can be like bosses, managers, supervisors, and then also to the laws or the authority of the land. All right. So you have obedience to God as primary, then you have obedience, then you have a secondary obedience. And by the way, obedience to parents are for, for kids that are not uh, adults. Uh, so if you're 45 years old or 50 years old, that idea of obeying your parents does not really apply. This is really talking to kids. Um, um, so just, just be aware of that. Look at 1 Peter chapter number 2, and we're going to look at verse number 13. And again, I'm reading from the New Living Translation. The first thing he says is, For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority. Let me just stop right there. For whose sake? For the Lord's sake. Submit to all human authority. What does that mean? That means we have a responsibility or an obligation to submit to human authority. Let me read the rest of it, then I'll break this down. Whether the king as head of state or the officials he has appointed, for the king has sent them to punish those who do wrong and to honor those who do right. Very interesting. Uh, it is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. For you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. Now, let's go back to this. First Peter, uh, looking back at verse 13, it says, For the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority. The word submit there, by the way, just to understand, in the Greek, what it means is to place or to rank under or to subject yourself or to obey. And we said before in the first session, obedience is an act of your will. So if that's the case, submitting to authority is an act of your will. You must choose to do this. So, I want you to go back to this verse. He says, for the Lord's sake, submit to all authority. So, when you choose to submit, you are doing it not for your own purpose. Well, that you could be doing it for your own purpose. I should clarify that statement. But primarily, more importantly, because you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are doing it for his sake. 
You see, as believers, when we choose not to follow the rules, when we choose not to obey the laws of the land or the leaders at all levels, it doesn't matter uh, what level they are, when we choose to do that and choose to not follow the leaders that God has placed over us, then we are actually walking in disobedience because the command here is very simple, for the Lord's sake, submit to all human authority. That's the command coming from Peter. Now, when we choose not to do that, then in essence, what we are doing is we are dishonoring God. We're dishonoring ourselves, rather, and when we dishonor ourselves, we are dishonoring God in the process. And we said before that obedience is an act of worship. Well, if you're choosing not to obey, then you are not acting in worship. Now, there is an exception to the rule. Here's the exception. If someone in authority over you asks you to do something that is in direct conflict to God's word, then in that case, you have the right to obey God first. So if someone says, I want you to, to, to do this, and it's, it's, you know it's a violation of God's word for you to do that, then you have a right to not obey that person because you are obeying God first. Now, I want you to be careful because this can become a slippery slope. And I want to um I want to couch my conversation here, but this can be a slippery slope. This is especially true if you are a Christian, let's say you are working in a secular environment. And one of the things that I think we have to be careful of as Christians is that we don't make the mistake of turning everything into persecution, okay? Because it's so easy sometimes to take what could be what is the law of the land, which can apply to everybody, and turn it into persecution aimed towards Christians. Now, I want to give you an example here. Recently, as we've been going through this whole COVID uh, crisis in our country, people were in an uproar because churches were closed. And, and a lot of people were saying, oh, man, they're persecuting the church and they're totally against um, the church and things like that. But here's the question I want to ask you, and I'm not going to disagree or agree with that. That's not my point. Um, if that's how you feel, that's how you feel. But here's a question I want you to think about for a moment. Would you be just as upset if the ruling was, here's what we're going to do. We're going to close all Muslim mosques or we're going to close all Hindu temples or all uh, kingdom halls or all church of Scientologies. All of those are closed. But the Christians, you guys can go ahead and worship. Would you be as offended and upset at that? Um, or if they said, well, we're just going to close the churches. My point is that the law of the land is that every religion has the right to freely and peacefully assemble. And an example like COVID, they said for every religion, you don't have the right to peacefully assemble. They were not singling out one group or, uh, um, or religion. What they were doing is they were applying it on a broad scale across the whole land. 
And so sometimes if you're not careful, you can take something that is applying generally to everyone and you can turn it into persecution on the church. And so all I'm saying is be very, very careful about how you apply these exceptions where you obey God first before the laws of the Lamb. Just be careful. It can turn into a slippery slope. There was something here that Peter said that I thought was really, really important. Because this idea of even um, obeying God first does not give you a license to be disrespectful. All right. And here's what he says. He says, it is God's will that your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. In other words, you should be living in such a way that people can't even accuse you. And if they do, they look foolish because of the way you live. But here's the next thing he says that I think is so important. He says, for you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Right, So don't say I'm obeying God so that gives you right to be rude or, or disrespectful. It doesn't because notice what he says. Respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. All right. So even if you're in a situation where you must obey God first before the laws of the land or because, or because someone is asking you to do something that you know is 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 a totally against what God would want you to do. You can do that, but you must do it respectfully, not disrespectfully, not rude, not arrogant or any of that way, but do it in a way that brings honor to God, even in that process. Now, they may not see it that way, but you make sure that you are um, doing it in a way that's respectful, okay? Now, the next question I want you to think about is when should you actually obey? And here's the answer. Obey as often as possible and as quickly as possible. Notice uh, Psalm chapter 119 and looking at verse 57 through 60. It says, Lord, you are mine. I promise to obey your words. With all my heart, I want your blessings. Be merciful as you promised. I pondered the direction of my life and I turned to follow your laws. And here's verse 60. I will hurry without delay to obey your commands. So if you are going to obey, do it quickly. The faster you obey, the, <laughs> even if it's hard, do it quickly. David said he, he hurried without delay to obey God's commands. Um, Bottom line is this, when you know what the right thing is to do, do it. In other words, prioritize obedience. Make it something that you do quickly. Um, don't ponder about it too long. If this is what God wants you to do, do it. Um, and remember James chapter 4, verse 17, which simply says, if you know what you are supposed to do and you don't do it, then it's sin. That's James chapter 4, verse 17. That's kind of a paraphrase for me. So the first thing you have to understand is the priority of obedience. You obey God first, you obey the laws of the land and the leaders second. However, the exception is you can obey, um, you can choose not to obey if it's going to violate a principle or violate God's laws directly. Okay, but make sure you do that respectfully. That's key. Very, very important. Let's turn our attention now to the price of obedience. And to help us understand this, we need to look 
at our good friend Abraham. Uh, we looked at him a lot in our last session, but I want to bring him back up again and turn to Genesis chapter 22. And I want to read a very familiar story uh, to many people and just, just kind of point out a couple of points here that are important as we start talking about the price of obedience. Um, Genesis 22.1 says, Sometime later, God tested Abraham's faith. Abraham, God called. Yes, he replied, here I am. By the way, notice the quick response. I love it. All right, be quick to obey. Uh, Take your son, your only son, yes, Isaac, whom you love so much, and go to the land of Moriah. Go and sacrifice him as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will show you. Okay. By the way, I don't know if God told me to do that. I don't know how quickly I would be willing to want to obey that command. Um, if he said, I have a son, if he said, I want you to go take your son and sacrifice him. I don't know about that. I'd, I'd probably move a lot slower and I'm going to be real honest with you. But notice Abraham's response. The next morning, Abraham got up early. He didn't get up late. He didn't get up. He didn't sleep in. He didn't ponder about it. It says the next morning, Abraham got up early. He saddled his donkey and took two of his servants with him along with his son, Isaac. Then he chopped wood for a fire for a burnt offering and set out for the place that God had told him about. You see, Abraham was exercising this hurriedness to obedience. And one of the reasons you need to be quick to obey is because sometimes the longer you ponder, the the greater the possibility that you may not disobey, that you may disobey. Okay. On the third day of their journey, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. Stay here with the donkey, Abraham told the servants. The boy and I will travel a little farther. We will worship there. And then we will come right back. You see, Abraham was believing that even though if he had to sacrifice his son, I I honestly believe that he felt that God would raise him back from the dead. Uh, when When they arrived at the place where God had told them, jumping down a little bit, Abraham built an altar and arranged the wood on it. Then he tied his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. By the way, just just as a a side note, Isaac was not a little kid here. Um, Isaac was probably a teenager, so he had the ability to fight back. But yet, Isaac willingly laid his life down. He did not fight back. Does that sound familiar, by the way? Remind you of anybody? Uh, It's a a type of Christ because... um, Right, Abraham is a type of the father in this in this example, and Isaac is a type of Christ because the father was sacrificing the son, but the son, Christ Jesus, willingly laid his life down. Be quick to obey, and it says in Abraham, verse ten, picked up the knife to kill his son as a sacrifice. And at that moment, the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham. Yes, Abraham replied, here I am. I love it because notice, notice Abraham's response whenever God called. Yes, God, here I am. Right? Imagine if that's how we responded. God says, I want you to go here. And you say, yes, God, I will go. See, um, that's quick obedience. Don't lay a hand on the boy. This is verse 12. The angel said, do not hurt him in any way. For now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. So here's a a few things just to point out about this whole scenario. As we said before, Abraham heard God's command 
And the next morning, he got up early and started to do the thing that God had asked him to do. Now, we're talking about here the price of obedience. So here's one of the things you need to recognize. Obedience does not always make sense. And it may require you to give up the thing that you love the most. This is the price that comes along with obedience. Remember that there's only room in your heart, right? There's only room for one king on the throne of your heart. And that person or that, that person that sits on the throne of your heart has to be the Lord himself, all right? And so sometimes what God is going to ask you to do may cost you something. Don't always think obedience is not going to cost you. There is a price attached to obedience. There's a prize with it too. We're going to get to that in just a moment, but there's a price sometimes that comes with your obeying. Um, look at Matthew, for example, 26, verse 36 to 39. It says, then Jesus went with them to the olive grove called Gethsemane. And he said, sit here while I go over there to pray. And he took Peter and Zebedee's two sons, James and John, and he became anguished and distressed. He told them, my soul is crushed with grief to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. You see, what was he agonizing over? He was recognizing the price that he was about to pay for his obedience. Verse 39 says, he went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, my father, if it is possible, let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Yet I want your will be done, not mine. So the first thing I need you to recognize, obedience is not always going to make sense. There is sometimes going to be a price that you may have to pay in order to accomplish or do the thing that God wants you to do. But I encourage you to do it anyway, because there's not just a price of obedience, there's a prize, and we're about to get to that in just a moment. So stay with me here. Um, one last thought on this. In Luke, in the Gospel of Luke, in chapter 14, Jesus was, was talking to uh, the large crowd. And one of the things he said, uh, these are one of those really hard sayings of Jesus. But in verse 26, he says, if you want to be my disciple, you must, by comparison, hate everyone else. Now, he's not telling you to hate other people. or, um, But what he's saying is, by comparison, your father, mother, wife, children, brothers, sisters, yes, even your own life. Otherwise, you cannot be my disciple. And if you do not carry your own cross and follow me, you cannot be my disciple. You see, sometimes the, there's a price to pay for your obedience. And the fascinating thing about this is that the price of obedience comes before the prize of obedience. You see, a lot of times people want the blessing of the obedience, but they don't want to actually obey. They just want to go ahead and get the blessing. That's not how it works. The price of obedience comes before the prize. The cross comes before the crown. You see, the reality of obedience, folks, is that obedience means that you give up your rights. What do I mean by that? You have a right to follow your own path but you give it up to do God's will. You have a right to be angry because someone has wronged or hurt you, but you give up that right because you choose to love your enemy and pray for those who persecute you. You have a right to live any lifestyle you want, but you give up that right because you want to live a life that is holy 
and pleasing to God. There is a price to pay for obedience, and it does not always feel good. But if you pay the price, then what that does is that leads to the prize or the blessing of obedience. Let's look at the third part, the prize of obedience. Look in your Bibles, Philippians chapter 2, verse 5. It says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Think about that. He says, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. This is the price. He took the humble position of a slave. This is the price. And was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. This was the price. Here's the prize. Therefore, God, ele notice, therefore, if you remember what I told you, whenever you see therefore, why, what is it therefore? Because he died and paid the price, therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow and every tongue confess in heaven and on earth and under the earth and declare that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. If you are willing to pay the price, there is a prize waiting for your obedience. Hebrews says that who for Jesus for the joy set before him, right? That was the prize, endured the cross, scorned its shame, and now sat down at the right hand of God the Father. And look at verse number three. Think of all the hostility he endured from sinful people then you won't become weary and give up. You see, part of the problem we struggle with in obedience is sometimes we get tired of paying the price for obedience. Can I encourage you? Galatians says, let's not get tired of doing good because at the right time, you will reap a harvest. There is a prize coming for you if you do not give up. So endure in your obedience, even sometimes if it costs you something. All right. Now, there is a blessing, like I said, that comes from obedience. And if you read uh, Deuteronomy chapters 28 to 30, God really goes into great detail of this. We're not going to read all of that because uh, we don't have time to do that. But I just want to highlight one of the prizes of obedience. Yes, heaven is a prize and, um, and, and, and that's good. And, and we're all excited about getting there. But you don't have to wait that long sometimes to experience the prize of obedience. And I just want to read a few verses to you that will highlight this, the blessing and the prize of obedience. And I'm going to read these straight out of Deuteronomy chapter 28. Here's what it says. It says, if you fully obey the Lord your God. This is 28, starting in verse 1. I just want you to listen. I'm not even going to give you a whole lot of commentary here. I just want you to hear God's word. He says, if you fully obey the Lord your God and carefully keep all his commands, right? There is the, the prize, the price that I am giving you today. The Lord your God, here's the prize, will set you high above all the nations of the world. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. I want you to get this now, right? We're talking about the blessing of obedience. You will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord your God. Here we go. Your towns and your fields will be blessed. 
Your children and your crops will be blessed. The offspring of your herds and flocks will be blessed. Your fruit baskets and breadboards will be blessed. Wherever you go and whatever you do, you will be blessed. The Lord will conquer your enemies when they attack you. They will attack you from one direction, but they will scatter from you in seven. The Lord will guarantee a blessing on everything you do and will fill your storehouses with grain. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he is giving you. If you obey the commands of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, the Lord will establish you as his holy people, as he swore he would do. Then all the nations of the world will see that you are a people claimed by the Lord, and they will stand in awe of you. The Lord will give you prosperity in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you, blessing you with many children, numerous livestock, and abundant crops. The Lord will send rain at the proper time from his rich treasury in the heavens and will bless all the work you do. You will lend to many nations, but you will never need to borrow from them. If you listen to these commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today, and if you carefully obey them, then the Lord will make you the head and not the tail, and you will always be on top and never at the bottom. You must not turn away from any of the commands I am giving you today, nor follow after other gods and worship them. Is that not reason to get excited and rejoice? Folks, there is a tremendous prize and blessing that comes when you obey God. Not that it is always easy, but when you obey God, God pours out his blessing upon you. Blessing may not necessarily always be physical things or financial things. Um, could be, but that doesn't necessarily always mean what it is. It could be health and good family and prosperity and success in the things that you do. Um, there are so many different ways God will bless you. But the secret to, to receiving all of the blessings of God is if you will obey. I encourage you, go back, read Deuteronomy 28, 1 to 14, and hold on to those promises for your life. But here's the key. Notice, notice that if you obey. That's the key, folks. Now, as we come and start wrapping this up, I want to give you a few thoughts about the blessing of obedience, and then we'll tie this all together. Becoming all that God wants you to become and receiving all that God wants you to receive is connected to your obedience. Obedience comes with a price, and it doesn't always make sense. But can I share something with you, folks? Disobedience costs you a whole lot more. And then here's the last thought. Obedience shows God you love him, trust him, and believe him. And when you do that, you set yourself up or position yourself for blessing to follow you. Um, when we started this series, one of uh, someone who was listening sent me this song that we used to sing. It's an old hymn, but it says, Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. So if you will do that today, God's blessings will follow your life. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your people tonight. I challenge myself and I challenge them that we would truly live a life of obedience to you. And as we do that, God, knowing 
that your blessing will follow us because that's what you have promised. Help us, God, in the areas that we need help, that we would obey you all the time, quickly, without delay, doing the thing that you want us to do. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you're listening, there's one act of obedience that I would strongly urge you to do quickly. The Bible says today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. What does that mean? It means today, if you are contemplating whether or not to give your life to Christ, today is the day of salvation. If you hear his voice, if he's calling you, don't delay. It's real simple to do. All you have to do is open your heart and confess with your mouth and God will save you. If that's what you want to do today, I pray this prayer with me. Lord Jesus, I ask you today to come into my heart. I confess that I'm a sinner. I confess I've broken all your commands. I'm unworthy of anything that you can offer me. But today I receive Christ as my Savior, substituting his death for my life. And I ask you to come into my heart today. Cleanse me and make me whole. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you have done that and prayed that prayer, please, I want you to reach out to us. First of all, welcome to the family. Um, please reach out to us. Send me an uh, email at hello at thebiblestudyclub.com. Put these words somewhere in the email. I prayed the prayer. We just want to reach out to you and get you started correctly on your new journey with Christ. Now, for everyone else here, um, if you have not done so, please make sure you follow us on all of our social media platforms. That's uh, Facebook and Twitter and Instagram. If you are on YouTube, if you haven't done so yet, make sure you subscribe to our channel here. Also, we have our podcast available on all the, the different uh podcast uh, options that are available so please just search for the bible study club and you'll be uh, you should be able to find us and if you don't please reach out to us to let us know we also again we want to hear from you so make sure you keep sending us those emails to hello at the bible study club especially sending in your prayer requests folks i want to thank you for joining us here tonight if you want to get more information go to my website clarencehaines.com also, you can find some articles that I write on BibleStudyTools.com and Crosswalk.com. We now have one series, or one session rather, left in our series, and that's going to be the heart of obedience. How do we start cultivating this heart of obedience? And we'll do that next week. And until then, we pray God's best for you, and we'll see you next time. God bless you.